0: milan records announces the release of the original motion picture soundtrack for archive with music by academy award-winning composer stephen price the album which underscores gavin Rothery's sci-fi film starring theo james will release via virtual cinema vod and digital composer stephen price is here with us to discuss the film and the soundtrack hi stephen thanks for joining us on the podcast
1: hello there thanks for having me
0: tell us the meaning of the title, Archive?
1: Yeah, the Archive is kind of the central core of the story. And the Archive is a place where the memories and the soul and basically every bit of the intelligence of a human being can be stored. The idea being that you kind of have a prolonged goodbye rather than someone dying and you never getting to speak to them again. Their consciousness is preserved within the Archive, kind of all set in a near-future kind of reality. So you can kind of have a gradual goodbye with people. You can continue the conversation. Gradually that consciousness fades. But the Archive is something that you have to keep in your home a memory you can continue conversing with in the afterlife.
0: exploring the world of archive a movie where technology and humanity meet lead you to new musical areas and challenges
1: yeah i mean the great thing about the film and the thing that i got really excited about when i first read gav's script was that it's just so full of ideas. I mean, you've got this archive, the idea of an afterlife. You've also got this idea that someone is trying to find a way to live on with somebody. It was set in Japan, so that invited me in to a, a certain musical styles there, but also this idea of the meeting between electronics and robotics and the soul. At what point does a robot become a sort of sentient being that you can communicate with and love in the same way as you might love your partner or whatever it is. So all these kind of ideas musically set you up to make a world that is essentially electronic, but also kind. Kind of develops a soul as we go through the film.
0: And you- had been looking around for the opportunity to create a largely electronic score.
1: Yeah, I mean I've kind of got this habit of whatever I've just done I want to do the complete opposite afterwards. And I'd been working on a couple of things that were largely orchestral and it was great and great fun and a sort of huge thrill to have, you know, an orchestra sitting in front of you and playing the notes you've done. My instinct is always to kind of, okay, let's go into the dark room with lots of flashing boxes and see what we can make with that. The script came totally out of the blue and it was one of those where someone bumped into you and said, "Um, oh, my friends written a script." And there's always a bit of you going, "Oh, good, you know, this is going to be interesting. And I'm terrible with scripts anyway. It takes me a long time to read them. And I find it kind of hard to work out how this is going to be in reality. But Gav's script was incredible, and I think he'd been working on it for years. It was all very, very worked out, and I kind of like, well, we should meet. Met him, and his kind of passion for what he was doing came right across immediately. All the conversations we had over the months before they shot, the way that music could kind of capture the sense of this ever-evolving artificial intelligence, and how we could follow the track of that. You know, we were getting very excited about that, and then he shot it, and I got, got the first rushes. And it was just, he would absolutely pulled off what he said he was going to pull off. And then the nervousness was kind of how to deliver the music. And what I found with this one is that I couldn't really play him anything until I'd pretty much written the whole score. And I went away and I kind of kept working on another bit and another bit. And because I knew that this evolution of the music had to track the film all the way along, I kind of had to get to the end. So in the end I ended up just dropping an entire 80-90 minute score on him in one go. And luckily he got very into it and then It was great, he had some great notes. We would talk a lot about little character points that he'd seen and that he'd always intended to put across in the picture that music could support. But the great thing for me is how into music he is. Lots of moments in the film where music is really allowed to carry a kind of wordless sequence for quite a lot of minutes and you could really build and feel the momentum of that. So it was really, really rewarding as a music person to work with someone who's that enthusiastic about music.
0: In depicting this AI creation of a true human equivalent, How much did you blur the lines between electronic sounds and organic sounds?
1: There are a lot of synths in the score, but there's also a lot of instruments that are treated electronically that were kind of not. There's a kind of a family sort of thing with the robotic developments that George has been making. He starts off and he makes J1, who is his first attempt, and then J2, J1 freezes around the area of of 6, 7 in terms of communication. J1 can't get beyond that. J2 is kind of a teenage figure. And then J3 is kind of this ultimate AI that he's built, which is kind of capable of almost adult conversation and thought. And so I wanted the music to develop like that. Everything comes from this little seed that J1 has, and it's kind of a bending note. And some of that was synths, but also guitars that were then treated through the filters of a synth. and textures like that. And then um, J2, it became a little more developed and the theme gets bigger and gradually starting to evolve into a little bit of voice in there. And then J3, ultimately, the voice of a cello. Again, treated electronically. This evolution of the robots becoming more and more recognizably human as we went through the film.
0: Gavin said, I wanted everything, and Stephen gave me everything. I'm not sure how he does it. Maybe he's telepathic. Maybe he's from the future. Maybe he's a robot.
1: I mean, that's great, right? I think. <laughs> it was one of those lovely collaborations where we seemed to be on the same wavelength and what was nice talking to him after the event was this was his first film and I think working with music was something that he was both excited about and nervous about because it's a funny thing collaborating with music we often language things can come into play how do I find out what he really means when he says something and he was nervous about that I'm always nervous with a new person anyway because you're not quite sure are we going to bond musically and this one just felt like it was really smooth we found something we were both very excited about very early on and then just the development of it it seemed like we were both responding to the same things.
0: So, I thought we'd go over some of the cues. So sorry for your loss.
1: Yeah, this was probably the last thing that I wrote for the film. We kind of got to the end of the process. Felt like I'd written a lot of music and I felt like we kind of got to this point. And then Philip, who's Gav's producer and fantastic and another great enthusiast about everything to do with this film, kind of said, Oh, it'd be really good if we had a little sequence at the end, you know, a little credit, kind of summed up all the themes. But it ended up kind of really enjoying doing it and it just felt like the final arrival of a the theme that builds up from J1, little fragments early on in the film, through J2 and J3. And now at the end of of the film. It's kind of like the ultimate version of it, really. So it could be released and nothing was held back in that version. It became quite an aggressive kind of driving, summing up of the themes.
0: What can you tell us about the title track, The Archive?
1: That's the very opening of the film. It was this opportunity to set up a lot of ideas that were going to be developed later on in the film. And so there's a lot of little motifs in there that feel like they're just coming into existence in that queue. So there's these little sort of rolling kind of figures, these almost mathematical kind of rotating figures of the code kind of working itself out but then there are these sort of sliding kind of parts. They're almost like groans in the opening cue, which were done with a, it's kind of this strange guitar I have. It's kind of made of metal, so it's completely fretless and the strings vibrate for ages and I play it with an ebow, So it's kind of like playing a, a guitar, something that you kind of hug towards you, but in a very electronic way. And that always felt like a kind of cool thing for this film. So these sort of little groans will just introduce bits of the theme. There's a tiny fragment of the cello, which is going to become our instrument for the soul of the characters we go through. And all the way through there's this kind of very small vocoder voice, which is kind of saying the word archive in Japanese just in a kind of constant loop You hear that in various cues in the beginning of the film, this idea that the archive is the core of this story and the archive is where all of George's hopes reside. So it was a way to kind of give us a mysterious start to the film, but introduce some of these little voices and instruments and little thematic things that were going to become important later on the early parts of the film are kind of setting up this sort of feeling of tension. George is working on something and George probably shouldn't be working on what he's working on and there are people kind of keen to know what he's doing and so there's various times in the film where it feels like he's being watched and so there was a this need to set up a kind of feeling of tension and this clash between him trying to do the work he's doing but also kind of not necessarily being truthful with a few people around him so that was a cue that felt like a distillation of some of that tension stuff that um, really builds the mood of the first act of the film.
0: Tell us a bit about Target Out of Reach.
1: Target Out of Reach is a cue where George is looking for something, something very dear to him has gone missing, and we see him, it's kind of a wordless montage of him looking, and it needed to feel kind of like a very delicate thing, but also a very kind of nervous and scared thing. And it developed into this piece which was played by a cello, which is then put through various tape loops and is echoing around, and kind of feels like the soulfulness of him and his search is kind of getting on top of him, and it's building, and you can feel the stress of the situation. cello performance by Will Schofield, who's a huge figure on the film.
0: What can you tell us about J2?
1: This is like a huge moment in the film, and it's a moment that Gav, when I was speaking to him, it was always one of the most important moments for him. And it's kind of a really sad sort of turning point in the film. And so it needed to have a lot of that heart in it, but it's not for our main characters, it's for one of the family almost. It was kind of hard to get right because it needed to feel simple, but at the same time, there was a lot of weight to it. And so it's one of those that I played with an awful lot. There's a little bit towards the end of the cue where it just seemed to land, and that combination of electronic instruments and organic instruments, and there's a little bit of mellotron in there, which seemed you know, the earliest kind of sampler where, you know, recordings of strings in there just seemed to add a little bit. And I think of a recording of a flute I used in there of the, the Mellotron, and it all just seemed to blend together into this kind of world that felt like it belonged to these characters.
0: can you tell us about the cue, I didn't build you well enough? Well
1: this is the big climax of the film, so I think it's a very long track on the album. It was just great fun to write it because you'd built up all of these little fragments of ideas and then you were allowed to kind of really pay them off at the end of the film. And so it goes through these incredibly dramatic kind of moments and we learn new things all the time, but also there's a lot of love in it within this sort of peak of the action of the film. There's moments of real connection between the characters and hopefully musically you hear how the themes reach their form there and really meet together as the film delivers. its final secrets really
0: Stephen, you're an Academy Award-winning composer, and you've also won a BAFTA and Critics' Choice Award, as well as receiving ASCAP's first-ever Composer of the Year Award. What stands out as a career highlight?
1: I think the career highlights are the ones where you you just feel like you've gone somewhere with friends and collaborators that you've never been before, and you're all happy with it, and you're all proud of it. But when you're watching things back normally, there's always a bit of you going, ah, I didn't get that quite right, or that cello's a bit loud, or this, that, and the other. And every now and then you just hit a moment where you can even enjoy it yourself.
0: Amen. Stephen Price, thanks very much for coming on the podcast to discuss Archive and its music.
1: Thank you very much indeed.